0: Mother Night by Kurt Vonnegut, chapters 34 all the way to the end. I want to pick up around page 224 and 225. And what we're looking at here is this idea of the totalitarian mind. We have the G Man talking with Jones. And the G Man says, You're completely crazy. And our narrator, Howard W. Campbell, says, Jones wasn't completely crazy. The dismaying thing about the classic totalitarian mind is that any given gear, though mutilated, will have all its circumferences, unbroken, sequences of teeth that are immaculately maintained, that are exquisitely machined. He later says, The missing teeth, of course, are simple, obvious truths, truths available and comprehensible even to 10-year-olds in most cases. The willful filing off of gear teeth the willful doing without certain obvious pieces of information. And he continues on and he says, That was how Nazi Germany could sense no important differences between civilization and hydrophobia. This is the closest I can come to explaining the legions, the nations of lunatics I've seen in my time. And for me to attempt such a mechanical explanation is perhaps a reflection of the father whose son I was, am. I pause to think about it, which is rarely. I am, after all, the son of an engineer. Since there is no one else to praise me, I will praise myself. Will say that I have never tampered with a single tooth in my thought machine, such as it is. There are missing teeth, God knows. Some I was born without, teeth that will never grow. And some other teeth have been stripped by the clutchless shifts of history. But never have I willfully destroyed a tooth on a gear of my thinking machine. Never have I said to myself this fact I can do without. I want to focus on this section. There's so much to unpack here at the end, but to try to keep this short and brief and keep us centered on the same idea, that the destruction of facts to fit a narrative, to make sense of an idea that people holistically believe is a very complicated idea. And while it, we could define this and talk about this in, in terms of um, ideas like fake news and fake media and that, and that sort of thing, which I think is surface level, I think we're also really talking about the idea of a person's core values and how they not only see the world but see themselves and see themselves reflected in the world and trying to make sense of that and try to link these two together. And sometimes the way people want the world to be isn't true or isn't possible. So they do things that go out of their way, even to this extreme, as hateful and as evil as this situation is, to try to make sense of their place, to try to feel justified in their actions, their thoughts, and their feelings. So this mind, this idea that someone can live a life that outside of this horrific mentality or belief, could look very normal. They love their kids. They take care of their animals. They, they can go in and interact with people in normal society. But at the same time, there's something that is off, and it's not because they're born this way. It's because of an active mentality that the way they want to be, the, the way they want to see the world, they're not only going to believe it that way. Believe it. They're going to try to make that world exist. And that's the next step. It's one thing to have thoughts that are negative or evil or bad and work those out in your head. It's another step to then discuss them out loud, to work through them. It's another step from there to then take those thoughts and try to press them on others. The conversations that were had prior to that They didn't work. They didn't change your mind. Now you're going to take it and try to spread that to other people. It's a whole nother step to try to put the actual thoughts into action. Howard W. Campbell says he is not one to ever change or alter his gears. Didn't file any teeth in his mind. But ultimately he's a man who I would not argue is seeking punishment for his actions. But he is seeking an understanding of his place in the world. And every time he seems to have been cornered and death is on the horizon, he gets bailed out. And by the end of the book, he's left with nowhere to go. His friends are gone. Both of them were spies. Whether you can believe or not they were going to double-cross the Russians or not, they're gone. Death has surrounded Howard W. Campbell for a very long time. And when we look at these ideas about he had nowhere to go. He had no s- center. Everything was just sort of empty at this point. And While I can argue whether or not Howard W. Campbell had been dead emotionally for, for years and years and that the character we're meeting here at the end of this novel is just the corpse or the ghost of Howard W. Campbell existing for us to see his life end in a way that in many ways is nonsensical. Because he's continued to be given opportunities to live. But what is life for Howard W. Campbell at this point? Because in so many ways in that section, they take in my squeal, he feels like everything that defines him has been used up. And many of the things that he's created, he had no control over once they were created, how they were used. And that's sort of the point I want to leave you guys with today. This idea then we we can get into the idea and the thought, and we talked about this in class, the Russian man, whose last name I struggle to pronounce, who becomes very famous in Russia for reproducing Howard W. Campbell's work. And sort of the, the humor that's in the whole situation, but also this idea that everything that Howard W. Campbell created was taken from him, manipulated, and then reproduced and repackaged in many ways, is something that was very far from what his own intentions were. Is Howard Campbell a sympathetic figure? His run-in with O'Hare leads us to believe that he is one that's not going to just sort of accept full-on guilt. He's not going to say that everything that he did was wrong. but At the same time, he understands that what he was doing served a larger purpose. But I think even at the end, he's really not sure what that purpose was. And the concept going back and forth of whether or not he just would have been a full-blown Nazi had the Americans not approached him is an important one. Ultimately, Howard W. Campbell is exhausted from a life that lacked A center or a gravitational pull. He wasn't grounded in his own lack of a belief system. Or, if you want to look at it as we talked about in class, his belief system being altered in a way that it was very difficult to be neutral during this war. And the fact he attempted to be neutral put him in a situation that ultimately lent himself to his own destruction and demise, both internally and externally, as well as in the public eye. I hope you enjoyed this book. There's so much to kind of discuss and think about. But the idea of the destruction of facts to fit a false narrative, to improve or to manifest someone's place in this world is a really interesting one to think about. And while Howard W. Campbell says that those ideas and that theory doesn't apply to him, I think we have to ask ourselves and dissect, is he unable to see himself for who he actually is? Does he have a really bad sense of self? Or is the character in his narrative voice presenting us a trustworthy version of the truth? Is Howard Campbell suffering from the totalitarian mind and he's just simply unaware of it because that is part of the totalitarian mind. We're going to read a little bit more of Kurt Vonnegut this school year but I do hope this story has allowed you to think deeply about some complicated thoughts as we continue to look at a man's place in the world, and the value and role of knowing oneself.